Welcome once again, dear listeners, to Wisdom Within. We are the podcast for all those living with a mental health condition and all those folks who care about them. This is episode 15 of the podcast. We have our support dogs ready. Bella and Biggs are here for the duration uh, with their treats and their blankies, and we hope you will do the same. Put your feet up and join us as we talk today about self-care during times of struggle or crisis and the second half of our episode is going to explain to you why your sensitivity is a superpower so stay tuned all that and more coming up on the program today thanks for being here and let's get started So as part of today's episode, we're talking about how we try to take care of ourselves when we really feel like more like shutting down. And we are uh, using as a resource for this an article by Melanie Hoffman on tinybuddha.com. That's tinybuddha.com, which is a website with simple wisdom for complex lives. Uh, In Melanie's article... She's writing about um, being an an aspiring mental health counselor, being a huge advocate for self-care, how important it is to educate people about the benefits of taking the time to nourish our souls and to give ourselves some tender, loving care. And she has several go-to ways that she likes to take care of herself, from practicing yoga to immersing herself in nature to writing to taking the time uh, to just be um, and and care for herself. Um, She finds herself engaging in these activities on days with great weather and when she's generally happy, um, but lately uh, is finding that she's noticing that it's during the times when it's hardest to think about self-care, whether our schedules are jam-packed or we're going through a difficult time or we just don't feel our best those are the times that self-care is so critical it's easy to want to do fun activities or be nice to ourselves when life is looking good but it's much harder to have the energy or desire to take care of ourselves when times are really tough but isn't that when we most need to be our own best friend and supporter. And this has become clear to me also um, in receiving some devastating news not too long ago. Um, and my desire to take care of myself sort of short-circuited. Um, all I felt was numb. All I wanted to do was hide and cry. Uh, as human beings, when we and this is from Melanie's article again. She says, as human beings, when we need or when we experience a grief reaction or a trauma, it's natural for us to freeze, to feel numb, or to want to retreat and isolate. It's crucial that we listen to our bodies and give ourselves time to grieve, to express ourselves, or react however we need to during that time, as long as we aren't causing damage to ourselves or anyone else. We also 
must learn to advocate for our healing and our well-being. Not saying that this is easy by any means, and this process is different for everyone, might even seem foreign or unnatural, forced or even impossible at first to think about doing activities that are fun or require energy when we are in a state of crisis or disarray. As humans, we're hardwired to want to stay in our comfort zone, but that's not where the growth happens, nor is it where our optimal levels of health and happiness reside. Um, it's been, it's, Melanie, Melanie is talking about a, a, a difficulty that she had just gone through and saying it's hard to get herself to even do basic things like eating full meals. It's been difficult for her to go about her day knowing at any moment she could start crying uncontrollable, uncontrollably. <clears throat> um, that she could feel herself beginning to slip into a place that was not healthy or beneficial to her well-being. She wanted to be careful not to let herself become completely overcome by the grief that she was experiencing. She was thinking about how she could let herself express the emotions of the heartbreak, the sadness, and the emptiness that she was feeling, and yet still find a way to take care of herself. And for her, uh, the first thing that came to mind, as often the first thing that comes to mind for me, was writing. Always been a writer at heart. Pen and paper or laptop um, have gotten me through some dark and challenging times, um, but knowing that the self-care needed at that moment was opening up a journal and writing or opening up the, the uh, laptop and, and just beginning to type, getting lost in the writing. And uh, if you allow that, you can find that your heart gets a little lighter. So self-care doesn't always have to be a grand gesture, and it isn't just one thing. For some people, it might be writing. For others, it might be booking a full day at the spa. Bless them if they can afford to do that. Um, but for other folks, it might be something much more low-key. The awesome part is, no matter what type of self-care you choose to participate in, you will receive benefits. If you're not sure where to start and you'd like some helpful strategies, we've done another episode on self, self-care, self-soothing, um, and we are not experts here, but with uh, the writer's assistance, we have uh, some tips and ideas that have been helpful for folks. So first of all, there's no right or wrong way to do self-care. Um, before you truly begin incorporating self-care into your life and feeling the benefits of it, it's natural to wonder if you're approaching it right. The good news is there is no right or wrong way. As long as you are doing activities that contribute, contribute to your level of happiness or your sense of well-being and do no harm. Allow yourself to be led by your intuition as far as what you need. Practice disabling the part of yourself that wants to censor or question the quality of the activities that you're doing and the work that you're producing while you engage in self-care. 
If you're writing, for example, you can edit it later. If you're dancing, let yourself be guided by the rhythm rather than your brain trying to perfect your time or your form. Uh, incorporate some form of self-care into your daily routine. You might not always have the time or energy to do a full workout or practice your favorite self-care activity, but you can find little ways to take care of yourself every day. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Even just a five or ten minute practice can make a huge difference, uh, whether it's meditation or writing, uh, or ex for example, as you wake up in the morning, take some time to repeat with confidence a positive affirmation or a positive mantra that coincides with your goal or your intention for the day. Or set aside a short window of time to allow yourself to do some deep breathing and take a walk in nature <clears throat> or any little things like that that can make such a big difference. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with some more suggestions for you in practicing self-care during times that you're struggling. Thanks for being here. Hang in there with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to your listeners. We're talking today here on Wisdom Within about um, self-care during times of crisis or struggle. Uh, and we're talking about tools and tips for uh, incorporating self-care into your day when you are struggling. So another tip to think about is the wellness wheel. As you start to uh, integrate self-care more into your life or work to maintain the strategies you've already implemented, think about the several different types of wellness, physical, emotional, spiritual, social, intellectual, environmental, and occupational. So there's seven uh, spaces on the wellness wheel. Uh, so take the time to understand which self-care activities are connected to the different types of wellness. And this may help you bring things a little bit more into, <clears throat> into perspective. There may be times when some parts of your wheel might seem more filled up than others. If you find yourself stuck or lacking in a specific area, you can then work to nurture, nurture those parts of your wellness wheel, but you can also feel grateful for the parts that are blossoming. Uh, so the wellness wheel is something to think about. And again, those are physical wellness, emotional wellness, your spiritual self, your social wellness, your intellectual wellness, your environmental wellness, and your occupational wellness. Uh, another tip is uh, if your self-care may mean unplugging for a day or two and others are going to want to contact you, you might want to give them a heads up that you're going to be out of touch uh, and it might be difficult for some people to wrap their heads around it, or you might even get some back pushback uh, because change is hard. People may be used to you always being available and being ready to drop everything and be there for them. But others, for others, this could be a chance for them to understand your needs better and hopefully provide you with encouragement and support 
that you're normally the one giving out to others. Um, it might be a challenge to get into a groove with your self-care if you're just beginning this. So uh, no worries about false starts. Every step forward is a positive step. Uh, talking to family or friends about the changes you're working on uh, might spark something for them as well. Maybe your friends, some of your friends may have wanted to make similar types of shifts and maybe they'd like to try something like this with you rather than hearing complaints for taking five hours instead of five minutes to answer someone's texts you might just be inspiring them to try unplugging too uh, another tip is to be gentle with yourself and don't forget to celebrate successes just like any change you're trying to make in your life or adjustment or improvement it doesn't happen immediately or all at once but rather these things take place and develop over time if you experience a setback in your self-care like falling out of a new practice or uh, struggling to learn meditation comfortably um, being overcome by grief or trauma or not being able to dedicate as much time to self-care as you might like. Just try your best to be gentle with yourself and to use positive self-talk. On the other hand, if the positive changes you're noticing seem very small, try your best to remember to celebrate every effort and all the changes that you see. With positivity and commitment, you'll begin to notice the changes might begin to get bigger and they may last longer as well. Self-care is not meant to be a quick fix to make all our uncomfortable emotions disappear. And of course, it will not replace the difficult re recovery processes that we have to go through when we endure a traumatic experience or a grief experience or other experience of extreme loss or if we're even if we're just working to get out of that rut that we've been stuck in for whatever reason self-care can though help us take the pain we feel and soften it or channel it into strength or something more beautiful self-care can help us feel a sense of happiness of gratitude, of hope, and healing. So have fun with self-care, experiment so you can see which types of self-care suit you and your lifestyle. And if you feel yourself getting stuck, listen to your mind, listen to your body, listen to your intuition. They know you the best. So I thought this might be a good episode to include um, a few other little helpful pieces that I've found through one of my favorite go-to sites at tinybuddha.com for inspiration and great writing. Um, and there's something there for everybody. Um, but recently I came across a few little things on there and I thought that I would share them with you in one of our episodes. And this seems like the perfect episode for that. So we're going to start with just this short poem uh, by Laura Ding Edwards, which is originally, I think, posted at rainbowroots.com. 
um, and then repost it to Tiny Buddha. Um, if the mountain seems too big today, if the mountain seems too big today, then climb a hill instead. If the morning brings you sadness, it's okay to stay in bed. If the day ahead weighs heavy and your plans feel like a curse, there is no shame in rearranging. Don't make yourself feel worse. If a shower stings like needles and a bath feels like you'll drown, if you haven't washed your hair for days, don't throw away your crown. A day is not a lifetime. A rest is not defeat. Don't think of it as failure. Just a quiet, kind retreat. It's okay to take a moment from an anxious, fractured mind. The world will not stop turning while you get realigned. The mountain will still be there when you want to try again. You can climb it in your own time. Just love yourself till then. I also want to share with you uh, another piece from uh, tinybuddha.com. Uh, and that is, uh, again, just a, a, a great website for lots of little encouraging pieces. Uh, some long, some small. Uh, so here's another uh, short piece by Lori DeShane. Um, talking about uh, the most important thing you can do when you're struggling. Sometimes you simply have to accept that you can't accomplish as much as you'd like to. If you're sick, tired, hurting emotionally, you just have to do what you reasonably can and then give yourself whatever you need to feel better. You may feel like you're falling behind, but you're not failing. You're doing what you need to do to take good care of yourself, and that's the most important thing you can do when you're struggling. It's also important for us to recognize when others are struggling and to be supportive of those folks that we care about when they are going through similar crises. If you see someone falling behind, and this is also from Tiny Buddha, if you see someone falling behind, walk beside them. If you see someone being ignored, find a way to include them. If someone has been knocked down, lift them up. Always remind people of their worth. One small act could mean the world to them. Another tiny Buddha tip is stop comparing traumas. Someone who drowns in seven feet of water is just as dead as someone who drowns in 20 feet of water. So stop comparing traumas. Stop belittling your own experience or anyone else's experience because it wasn't as bad as someone else's. This isn't a competition. We all deserve support and recovery. And that's from Casey Rose on Tiny Buddha. Uh, and one to share with you that I just find lovely and humorous and really kind of me uh, <laughs> um, is I don't try to hide my weird people. 
I wave it around. It scares off the boring people, and it's like a beacon for my fellow weirdos. So you're all welcome here. Um, we get you. We're here for you. Uh, we want to be here to support you. Uh, but just know, folks, if you're really struggling and you really need urgent help, don't hesitate. Reach out for help. Reach out to your health professional. If you're not ready for that, reach out to someone who cares about you and let them know what's going on and let them try to get the help that you uh, so much deserve. And it's important for you to um, be open to receiving help. Um, we aren't always. We close ourselves off and it can be a real struggle for our for our support folks to to know what to do and it's important that we try to just be as honest as possible about what we're feeling and to really just sometimes it's important to just have that loved one that is a sounding board for you everybody needs to be able to vent sometimes and sometimes during that process if you've got a great partner uh, or support person that will just let you vent uh, let it all out um, sometimes when the partner or support person repeats back to you what they think they're hearing you say, sometimes that's a moment of clarity um, that is very, very helpful emotionally. Uh, we end up finding our answers to our own questions just by um, putting ourselves forward and sharing our feelings with someone and then having them um, kind of parrot back to us what they think they hear us saying. Um, and that's important too because sometimes it doesn't come across as we initially intended. So there may be that full force venting that we do initially um, for our dear beloved support folks uh, and just let them have it. Not them personally, but if the understanding is that they know we're just venting and that's the agreement we have, then it's perfectly okay. Let it rip. The support person isn't going to judge. Um, but what's important for you to think about doing is letting them report back to you what they think they're hearing you say. Because it may be something completely different going on than what you thought originally. So... Um, another strange but useful uh, tool in working through uh, crises when you're really struggling. Um, I think something people need to understand is that um, it's okay to be your authentic self even when you're hurting. Um, uh, the Alone Diaries are a, a frequent flyer on tinybuddha.com and there's one of their pieces that says I'm happy hurting and healing at the same time don't ask me how I'm doing it because I don't know but I'm doing it and I am so proud of myself and that's the truth people that is the truth so keep some of these th thoughts in mind refer back to this episode when you need some of these little snippets of of strange but useful wisdom uh, and and hopefully these are helpful. Um, we're delighted as always that you have tuned into Wisdom Within for another dose of what's going on in the wacky world of Wisdom Within. Um, we'll be right back with, with some more uh, good stuff for you in just a moment.
So something else that I thought I'd just touch on uh, while we're doing this episode on self-care during struggle is to talk for just a moment about sensitivity. Uh, have you ever been accused of being oversensitive or do you feel yourself that you are overly sensitive or introverted? Um, sensitivity can feel like a gift or a burden depending on our relationship with it. Um, if you often feel completely overwhelmed by an overload of stimulation, then your sensitivity probably doesn't feel like an asset, um, maybe more like a liability, but it doesn't have to be that way. To keep it fairly simple, sensitivity is essentially the ability to feel. The more sensitive we are, the more we feel. Sensitivity allows us to be more aware of what's happening around us, people, conversations, traffic, nature, how a place feels. It also makes us more aware of and in touch with what's happening inside us, our thoughts, our emotions, sensations, how we are reacting to external things. Um, without the ability to feel, we could never discern what's really happening and break through the limits of our fears. Sensitivity is also an aspect of empathy. Because we can feel what others are feeling, it allows us to understand them and connect with them more deeply. Without some degree of sensitivity, we'd be disconnected from people entirely. On the other side, it can be extremely overwhelming. Too much sensory information coming in all at once can leave us feeling agitated, overwhelmed, and drained. When sensitivity becomes overwhelming, we can often pull away from people, we retreat to time on our own. Um, but knowing the difference um, between our own emotions and someone else's um, can let us be much clearer about what's happening inside us. If we can start recognizing sensitivity as a gift or a superpower, so to speak, um, in sensing what others are feeling, we experience a sense of connection to them, which helps us understand them, that wake, awakens our sense of caring. We can feel when people are upset, sad, hurt, we want to help. If someone's angry, we feel we can feel beyond the anger and try to understand why they felt that way. Diffusing an argument or a conflict becomes easier because we can feel where people are coming from. It's so easy to judge people, to retaliate, or to disconnect when we don't understand them. The moment we understand, there is opening, there is heart, and there's compassion. Sensitivity, our ability to feel, is a superpower. It allows us to understand, to connect, and to have some pretty deep insights about, about ourselves and the nature of humanity and the world needs more sensitivity. If we say someone is emotionally sensitive, it could mean they're sensitive to their own emotions, or it could mean they react emotionally to others' words, actions, and emotions. Being sensitive to what's happening inside ourselves is the basis for self-awareness, and it's an essential ingredient if we want to grow. It's a superpower. 
Um, if someone says something and we're hurt by it, we might call it being sensitive, but it's more an emotional reaction than our sensitivity superpower. Yes, we may feel the intention behind their words, but feeling it and being hurt by it are not the same thing. If their words have triggered something in us, then it's more about the stability of our sense of self. An example, you're in a crowded room and you become overwhelmed and drained by the noise and the stimulation. So here, your sensitivity gives you the ability to feel everything that's happening around you, um, which can be an amazing gift. It may be a lot of stimulation, but it's still a superpower. However, when we feel overwhelmed or drained, it's not solely because we're sensitive. It's because we don't feel grounded or stable internally. The good news is we can proactively foster internal stability. And a lot of it has to do with some of the self-care uh, and uh, that we've talked about today and other episodes uh, in our self-soothe self episode, our tool, wellness toolkit episode. When we feel overwhelmed and drained in crowds, we often just want to remove ourselves from the situation and be alone. There's no right or wrong what we should or shouldn't do, but when we acknowledge what's happening inside us, then we're giving ourselves a choice. Um, in learning not to let our sensitivity control us, but letting us decide what our actions would be. Sensitivity is a gift, but if we don't have a stable center within us, then our ability to feel becomes stressful and overwhelming, and ultimately it begins to control us. In a sense, we can become a victim to the power of our own sensitivity as if it's wielding us instead of we're wielding it. To embrace this superpower, to be able to feel for and connect with others very deeply without feeling overwhelmed or easily hurt and reacting emotionally, we need to find stillness inside ourselves, a stable center. If we can't find stillness and quiet amidst the noise of our own mind, it would be very hard to be able to find peace and quiet amidst the noise of the rest of the world. Our thoughts amplify how we react to the overstimulation of our sensitivity. I'm going to say that again. Our thoughts amplify how we react to the overstimulation of our sensitivity. We pick up on what's happening around us. It creates a space inside us, a landscape of emotions and feelings, and this triggers thoughts. The thoughts then reinforce the emotions, and that further anchors the emotions. The emotions continue triggering more thoughts, and it's a vicious cycle that goes on and on. For example, if we're in a loud, crowded room, we may feel anxious as a result of all this sensory input, input, the noise, people's energy, and the energy of the place itself. We may start thinking thoughts like, why did I come here? I knew this would be a bad idea. Then we start feeling trapped and overwhelmed, triggering more thoughts of perhaps how you blame your friend for inviting you, or how am I going to just disappear? This all amplifies the anxiety. Or if someone says something that triggers us emotionally, we may suddenly feel insecure and start thinking about how 
We always say the wrong things and then we feel more insecure. Again, you get a spiral. Um, this is where things like meditation practice and practicing being more still and quiet inside ourselves. We can react less and less to external overstimulation. We don't have to be at the mercy of our sensitivity superpower. The stiller we become, is that a word, stiller? The more still we become, um, the more we actually feel, the more we, the more our sensitivity um, is with us without it becoming chaotic or overwhelming. So the problem isn't our lack of sensitivity, it's our lack of stability. If we have a more stable center, we're better able to use our sensitivity as a superpower. Um, you can do that by priorita prioritizing activities that help you feel a sense of internal stability. Things that we've talked about many times here on the show, meditation, mindfulness, breathing techniques, yoga, spending time out in nature, uh, walking outside, letting our mind run. Um, these all have a very calming effect. And when we consciously tune into our surroundings when we're walking around out in nature, we are using the superpower of our sensitivity to feel nature's stillness. And our own stillness becomes more tangible and more stable. Or when we meditate, uh, we consciously are uh, tuning into what's going in going on around us, accepting it and just letting it be. And it's bringing, again, bringing that stillness um, to ourselves. Um, when we feel stable and stillness uh, inside of ourselves, we have, we, we are nurturing that solid foundation to be able to continue to feel deeply. So the, that way the outside world has less power to control us. The stillness inside is unwavering, regardless of what's happening outside of us. It may not be something that you feel that you have mastery of at the moment, but it's certainly something that you can work towards. For some of us, the oversensitivity thing has not been seen as a superpower. Me personally, in my life, I did not see this as a superpower. I saw it more as a roadblock to a lot of things because it seemed to stop me in my tracks. And so it's this new way of thinking about our sensitivity um, as more of a superpower and a gift um, in that it opens the door to a more connected world. But we need to proactively foster our internal stability so we're not always at the mercy of the chaos around us. The more we embrace our superpower and live in it from a place of stillness and stability, the more peace we will have inside ourselves, which creates a greater capacity to help other people. And in turn, we're creating a more connected humanity. So find stillness and find your superpower. We give credit for uh, as a resource today to um, the uh, tiny Buddha writer um, Ben Faisal uh, and uh, 
he is, <clears throat> excuse me, he's a meditation coach, a stillness coach, if you will, um, founder of the Peace Project, a community dedicated to uh, impacting humanity by helping people quiet the mind and live from the heart. Uh, and you can find more from Ben Faisal on Facebook. And uh, he also has a free meditation course at the Peacekeeper Project. So you can maybe look that up. And we'll be right back. Dear listeners, we have run a little over on our time today. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, we are delighted that you've decided to join us for our 15th episode on the Wisdom Within podcast. We welcome your feedback, your questions, your comments, your encouragement. We even take constructive criticism well. So please feel free to reach out to us. There are several ways, several ways you can do so. One is to, uh, if you have downloaded the Anchor app, it's anchor.fm. That is the app to download to your phone or uh, iPad or what have you. Um, And in that, you can find Wisdom Within, and you can click to voice message us and actually leave some uh, personal commentary in your real voice, and we will be happy to receive those and respond. Uh, You can also reach out to us through our website at wisdomwithinweb.com and send messages that way. You can tweet us at Kathleen Sirline or at Wisdom Within, and we will look forward to hearing from you very soon. In the meantime, we hope that you are all taking care of yourselves and staying positive and using that sensitivity as a superpower. Thank you so much for being here today. We encourage you to keep moving forward, one foot in front of the other, one breath at a time, in a positive and forward momentum. We're here for you as a source of support. Uh, We are glad that you're able to join us and that you choose to join us. And as always, we encourage you if you need something beyond our support, naturally, we want you to reach out to your health professionals. So thanks as always. We look forward to joining you again very soon here at Wisdom Within. Thank you again for joining us.